Hello and welcome to another episode of London City Chatter, the official podcast of the London City Lionesses. I'm your host Sam Stevenson and joining me today is the newest member of the team behind the team, it's assistant coach Nick Loftus. so much for joining me on London City Chatter. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So I thought we'd use this as a kind of a whistle-stop tour of your career without it sounding too much like a job interview, <laughs> I promise. Um, so football, was football always, was always football, football, football for you? Yeah, I think I actually didn't start playing football till later on. Um, as a kid, for, I think I started like maybe seven or eight. Um, and at that time, obviously, it was just out in the street with my friends. Uh, and I think just from then I got a real interest in writing about football. So I used to write a lot of books and make up my own stories in football when I was a kid. <laughs> I actually just found some when I was back home now. Um, but yeah, I think from that point on it's always been football. I think obviously wanted to try and play. Uh, when I got to um, the more mature age and realised I wasn't good enough to play at a high level, uh, then it was, it was about coaching. So went to went to university uh, and college down in, in Scotland. Famous Largs campus where they used to host the UEFA A license and UEFA Pro license. So when we were studying there, you used to see some of the legends of the game coming in to do their badges, and that really, really inspired me a lot. Um, and yeah, from then on, it was let's try and make a career out of this. What kind of street footballer were you? I can imagine you. What, where, where, what kind of? I'm what kind of trying what what to picture of you as a street uh, footballer? <laughs> you know, were you kind of like nipping at the ankles, or were you very kind of it's my ball? So when I'm done, I'm taking the ball home, and we're all done. <laughs> I think. I was the guy that just didn't want to pass to anyone. I wanted to try and dribble past everybody and nutmeg everybody. Uh, I think as a kid, nutmegs were more important to me than goals. That's still the same. I think that applies <laughs> even in the UEFA A license, surely, you know. I tried to coach a session on it. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but no, I think that was, that was me. Play, playing against a garage door and injuring your knees every time you lost the ball and fell over. <laughs> but how was uni for you? How was that in terms of that uptick in terms of, you know your football knowledge, that must have been dialed up. Yeah, I think just from those moments, I think they're the most inspiring moments. And I think when you look at a lot of the players back in the day that I grew up as my heroes, everything was like street football, street football, just play, just let the kids play, let them go and, and try things and correct where you can, but just let them play. Uh, and I think coming from that background myself, I tried to be a little bit like that as a coach. Um, but yeah, I think just from, from that early age, it was just, let's, as I say, let's try and make a career out of this because I just love it. <laughs> so obviously we're going along the line now China is the first one that stands out let's talk a bit about that because straight away when I saw that that was a kind of like okay wow this is really we're going straight in terms of the, the deep end here yeah I think I've mentioned to you just outside as well um, that came from finishing university applying for a few jobs that at the time I thought I should get looking back now I'm like yeah you had no chance um, and I think manager of Manchester United yeah, like, this is David Moyes come on Fergie just retired and <laughs> um, but yeah no, I went home one day kind of angry and applied for pretty much every job on the site at the time and China called me a couple of days later and did an interview and within a week we were touching down in Beijing as much as my mum didn't want that to happen <laughs> she didn't believe I was going until it was pretty much backpacking time and then she was like oh my god um, but yeah China was Brilliant, just life experience. I live in a small town in Scotland called Kilmacombe. If anyone knows that, it's, it's really, really small. People in Scotland don't really even know where it is. Um, to go from there to Beijing was a real eye-opener. And I think when I talk about life experience, we used to walk home after training 
and there would be these guys on a building site who had been working 16, 17, 18 hour days for buttons and you would literally see them sleeping on a drill, a drill, like a drill case in the middle of the road or on the pavement, sorry. And you're just like, wow, that always sticks with me. Like life's, mm. life's not that bad in, in the tough times, you know? Uh, and I think that was a real just humbled me and really appreciating of, of how life is and how grateful I am to have the opportunities that I do to, to do things like go to China and, and coach to go to Norway and coach, to come here and coach. Uh, and I think that's, yeah, a life experience was, was the biggest thing I took away from that. Sticking with China, but more on in terms of your role out there, yeah. what was that really entailing? So we worked for a company that was set up by a couple of guys from the UK. The, the guy that ran the program used to be in Liverpool's academy and then he went moved into some coaching after he got injured. So he was a really, really brilliant person to learn from. Um, and what we did was basically try to grow the grassroots game in Beijing. So we had classes, schools, everything just across the city. And then we extended that into adult sides as well. So we ran five-a-side leagues, seven-a-side leagues, 11-a-side leagues. So basically the, the, the purpose of the club was to really try and grow the game uh, in China at that time. Because that was back in 2013. So obviously it had grown massively from where it had been and it's continued to grow massively since. Um, but I kind of felt like we were you know, kind of one of the first kind of companies to go in and do something like that. So yeah, it was a really, really good experience. And as I said, on the field every day was was brilliant. And just continuing your your globe trotting, you know, we're are we straight to Norway, or is there a little sort of you know how how did that all come about? There was a seven month period back in Scotland. I thought that was me coming back to the UK, but <laughs> for those that travel, you you know yourselves as well. You get that travel bug. So as soon as you're back, you're like, oh man. I want to go away again. I think one of oh, the Scotland's really like, not coming well out of this. <laughs> this is really like, it's really, right, five minutes, right, okay, actually, I'll tell you what, he's <laughs> back on LinkedIn. No, great story, I'll come back to that later, how much, how, how good it is to go home sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think, I kind of got back, and within a month, I'd itchy feet, I wanted to try something. Um, I got involved coaching a men's team, university, uh, which was really, really good, first time working with senior men's. Um, some really good coaches around there as well. Um, and yeah, that was a really brilliant experience. Within seven months, I'd been offered a job to go out to Norway um, as an assistant coach. So to go and work full time in the women's game, which would again would have been another first. And at the time, I really wanted to finish the season with the men's team because I don't like to start something and not finish it. Um, but you know, I hadn't spoke to them and, and the opportunity was just kind of too good to turn down. Um, so yeah, so seven months, itchy feet, great experience in Scotland. but. I think it was then time to, to go and try something new. And just in terms of a comparison, in terms of the Nick that went to China versus the Nick that went to Norway, how how sort of how did you see yourself at that point in terms of not just like your football knowledge, but you know yourself as a person? I think I think I learned a lot about myself from that first experience going away. I think I went there with bright eyes, bright eyes, bushy tail, as they say, and just yeah. Not really too many cares in the world, just went for it. Um, and I think that side, of his, that side of it has always stuck with me as well. I've kind of always still got that in me as well. Um, but yeah, just completely, completely grown since then. <laughs> more mature, more kind of perspective level. Learned a lot about personal development along the, my journey as well. So I look to, to try and grow myself that way as well. And yeah, a lot of similarities, but I think I've matured and, and grown a lot. A bit calmer now. <laughs> And just in the football sense, though, obviously your role in Norway is sort of, correct me if I'm wrong, starting more with the sort of the youth side of things and then, like you said, sort of going into the women's side. How did you find your, your kind of football knowledge had to kind of had to adapt and had to kind of, you know, had to really learn quickly? Yeah, I think going from a different culture 
and Norway's not drastically different. But going from a different culture, obviously, I had to buy into how they operate. That's the most important thing to do. Try and learn a language, get on a feel for how things are done, and I think very quickly learned that in Norway, it's very typical to focus more, like, be a team player than it is to be the best player. It's like, how can I help the team? It's very common at the youth level. Um, of course, people are trying to stand out and try and get into the, into the national teams and so on, but it's very much, I think you get that in most of the Scandinavian countries, where it's very, like, team, team, team. Um... So yeah, kind of just getting used to how, how things were done over there, what the football culture was like, what the life culture was like, uh, and obviously trying to adapt myself into that, uh, which I think I did pretty well. Because yeah, Norway was many, quite a few years. You said you sort of got the itch to come home, but it seems yeah. to me that itch well and truly had been scrapped <laughs> by returning before. Yeah, I think it was kind of six and a half, seven years out there. Um, for the reason I stayed so long, I just absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's a great country, uh, I think. Going there as a foreigner, you feel very, very welcome and very at home. I think they do a lot of good things as a country, as a nation. Uh, they, they really help you settle in. And then I think what was really fortunate for me was just met so many brilliant people that could help you settle in, could kind of take you and invite you to their family home and just bring you different places and just tell you how it is there. Um, so very, very welcome. And then on top of that was obviously getting to work with great clubs, great boards, great staff and fantastic players who are all really, really hungry. And I think one of the standout moments going to Norway was actually we were flying back from a game in like the north of Norway on like a Sunday and the players were sitting like studying on the airplane like going through their, their notes because they've got exams the next day and that was just like a wow A that's amazing the commitment they have to show but B this game needs to grow that they mm. have way more time and support to do those things uh, and I think it has since then yeah definitely as well if I was going to Norway tomorrow I wonder what three things would you recommend that I do as a, as the as the bright eyed bushy tailed you know traveller that I am fresh off the plane. Okay, you need to try brown cheese. Okay, which sounds disgusting. Um, yes, some people you're think right. It's, disgusting. <laughs> it's made from goat milk, um, but if you have a piece of bread, put some jam on, strawberry jam or raspberry jam, and a slice of brown cheese. I didn't try it for about five years, and when I did, I was really happy that I did. <laughs> so try brown cheese; it's famous. And there is a place just outside of Stavanger called Prikestolen, which is a massive big like cliff off the sides of the water. It takes about two hours to climb up, um, all in nature, kind of rocky mountains. And when you get to the top, the view is unbelievable. Excellent. Unbelievable. I'll pack my brown cheese. Definitely pack your brown cheese sandwiches. And a third thing, I think, go through the fjords. So the, the rivers that mm. go through between the mountains, try and go on a fjord cruise. And if you can do that up in the north of Norway, it'll be even better. I'm packing my bags. <laughs> what, what are we still doing sat here chatting? This is ridiculous. Let's get on a plate. Just um, going moving to London City now. Yeah. Obviously for you, what was it about us as a club that immediately jumped out to you? Yeah, I think there was a few things that I was looking for. So coming, coming away from Norway and having that period of being out the game, was a great time for me to reflect and really learn a lot about myself and the experiences that I'd had, but also to be very clear and specific with what I wanted to be in my next environment, my next role. And I think the biggest thing was the environment. So for me, I wanted to be in an environment that was ambitious, that was growth focused, um, and that was really just trying to grow and contribute and just be something a little bit different to, to what I've been used to um, and I think London City certainly ticks those boxes I think you see the ambition of the club uh, you see where they've came from in the short period of time and I think having spoke obviously a lot to Melissa uh, and to, to Edward over the past few weeks 
you can see that it is very, very growth focused and how can we be better people, how can we be better players, how can we be better coaches uh, and I think that's something that I'm really looking forward to being a part of uh, as well. And we touched upon this briefly in your video interview but I suppose if you could just outline in layman's terms the role of assistant coach you know it's very blurry for us sort of you know non-football you know nomads out there I wonder if you could sort of just illuminate you know how your role will work in terms of working alongside obviously our head coach Melissa and obviously our fellow assistant coach Keats. Yeah I think obviously important for all of the coaching team and all of the players as well but for the coaching team it's how can we add value uh, how can we contribute how can we give a, the girls the best environment uh, to, for them to grow and for them to perform at their best and for us, how can we contribute to, to obviously make things as professional as we can uh, on the field, off the field, uh, which obviously we can, from being around the facilities, you can see it's a fantastic setup we have here. And then we also have to replicate that level of work on the field as well by A, just being as professional, being as prepared, uh, giving as much detail as we can. Uh, and obviously, as I said, just giving the players the, the best environment that they can, they can flourish and go and be the stars of the show, which they are. Um, and I think as an assistant coach, obviously working closely with Melissa and, and Nikita, uh, and obviously all of the staff uh, but we'll obviously look to, uh, to do those things and as I say contribute add value and yeah and I guess for you you know bringing all this experience to the club I wonder what kind of what lessons from your time both you know in Norway which I'm Scotland you know what will you sort of be looking to bring to bring here to us at Prince's Park I think what I think the experience that I've had in Norway because that was another thing that, that I wanted to, to take off in the environment something that was really going to challenge me but also something that I felt I could add value to and I think one of the, the experiences that I've had, obviously, we've, we've worked in the top league in Norway. I've been able to work with some real top players that have been to World Cups, that have been to Olympics, that have been to Euros, uh, and players that are fighting to get into youth national teams, players that are, you know, kind of looking to establish in the top league. So I feel like I've got really good reference points in terms of what it takes to, to do all of those things. And I think those things are relevant here as well. You've got players trying to break into national teams at youth and senior level. You've got players looking to establish in this league and the WSL in future. And you've got players who want to strive to, to go on to you know represent their countries. You've got some in here like Lily that are already doing that as well. Um, but you've got players who are looking to push and get into the international setup. And I think for me, I've been really fortunate to have the opportunity to work with players. So I've not just seen what they have to do on the field, but the sacrifices they're making off the field and the things that they have to A, give up, but also do every single day to, to be the best version of themselves that they can be. Um, so yeah, I think I've got some good reference points that hopefully can add some value to the group here. Excellent. Well, I for one am excited to get going. Bring on pre-season. Me too. Can't wait. First day. Coming soon. <laughs> Coming soon indeed. <laughs> Thanks for chatting today, Nick. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me. And thank you at home for listening. If you want more London City chatter, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on the social handles linked below. We've also got our first game of the season coming up, a London derby against Crystal Palace at home right here at Prince's Park. Be sure to click the link to get your tickets now.